0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back outside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. We got kicked out of the Woody Hayes Athletic Center because Ohio State practice is set to get underway here in just a few minutes. Uh, that's Tim May. I'm Spencer Holbrook. This is a rapid reaction practice report, whatever you want to call it. We're back uh, after hearing from Ryan Day, Jim Knowles, and CJ Stroud. Uh, Tim, a lot to learn, a lot of injury updates, to be honest. Uh, Ryan Day, usually pretty close to the vest on those, but Today he was in a sharing mood, I guess. Sharing is caring, and he obviously cares for us because we got injury updates on Jackson Smith and Jigba. We got one on Julian Fleming. We got one on Jordan Hancock. We got one on Mike Hall. Or really not really an update on Mike Hall because there was nothing to update. Um, But after exiting the game Saturday against Arkansas State, it was a little bit of a concern. Ohio State, not too concerned about that. those are the main takeaways, Tim, as we get started here. What, what did you learn today as we sat in there and listened to Ryan Day?
1: Well, first, let's give him what we learned about those guys. Is, number one, he, he thinks uh, – Ryan Day thinks Jackson Smith and Jigba is, is much further along than he was this time a week ago, and there's a good chance he could, he could play on Saturday. Matter of fact, I think he said he's kind of looking forward to that. We'll see if that gets there. He uh, basically said almost – not emphatically, not, hey, don't quote me uh, from the standpoint of this is going to happen. Or I'm a liar, but he, he expects to have Julian Fleming back yep. for the game. Those are two wide receivers out of, the, out of maybe the top four on the team. It makes a hell of a difference uh, when you're preparing to play any team. And then of course Mike Hall suffered. Look like he suffered some kind of like a little head bump or something. Because you watched him after the game. He was sitting on the on the bench doing a lot of this and stuff. He didn't go back into the he didn't go back into the game after he left. Is what I, I meant. Uh, uh, watched him after he had to leave and. Uh, Along the way, though, in my opinion, he delivered the consummate defensive play in that game on that fourth and one, uh, beating the guard and sacking the quarterback when Arkansas State was still theoretically in the ball game uh, there late in the first half. Uh, uh, so, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. But uh, that, that's that's what's interesting to me. And then past that, obviously, Ohio State took care of business, business in the second half. The, like Ryan Day almost uh, kind of talked about this, if everything could go, a Whole game like it did the first six minutes of that second half, then you're really on to something, yeah, because you're three and out in them, and then you're almost three and inning, i n hyphen n i n hyphen ing, meaning you're going from three from from, you're going into the end zone. I, I got too carried away with my analogy there. Bottom line was how quickly they scored first couple times they got the ball in the second half, and how they Knocked uh, uh, Arkansas State off the field, what, the first two, maybe three times, three and outs, whatever they were. The bottom line is that that would be an ideal start for any half, first or second. Ohio State would love to have that kind of start against Toledo on Saturday, unbeaten Toledo. Uh, last time Toledo was unbeaten was when? 2017. They went 11-3 that season. So they're going to come in at least thinking they can hang.
0: Let's put it that way with Ohio State. We'll see where it goes. Uh, I believe uh, that Toledo team in 2017 was beaten by my Ohio Bobcats, but that's a different story for a different time. Uh, So let's finish up the injury stuff. My call, uh, for what it's worth, just exited the game, but Ohio State wasn't concerned about it after the game. They're not concerned about it on Tuesday, which tells you they're not going to be concerned about it on Saturday. I think he's good to go. Um, The the tone that they talked about with Jackson Smith and Jigba was much different this week than it was last week. Last week was, hey, pump the brakes. We're not going to rush him back. We're going to make sure he's healthy this week. You know, Ryan Day said we expect him to play. He, he will be out. He we expect him to be out there. Then Julian Fleming. I think his wor- exact words were same as Jackson. So they expect him to play. That was an injury that popped up late in the Notre Dame week. I think you'll see Julian Fleming out there again. And then I think this is just a a lingering issue that Jordan Hancock's going to deal with all year. Hamstring. Uh, and you know it's not something that he can just rush back from. And so I think Ohio State's going to make sure to take its time getting him back on the field. I'm not sure you'll see him this week, but. We'll find that out on Saturday about four or five o'clock when the injury report comes out. Uh, a couple other things we learned, Tim, as we move on from injured Buckeyes, maybe not injured Buckeyes, to fully healthy Buckeyes, is uh, you know Ohio State, not really that concerned with Denzel Burke's performance through two weeks. Jim Knowles described it as uh, an up and down, and uh, sometimes at corner you have ups and downs, and sometimes at corner, you have to have your confidence restored. And I think that's what they tried to do in pulling him out of the game, bringing him back in. Uh, on Saturday against Arkansas State. I think you might see a, uh, a revamped and reloaded Denzel Burke on Saturday with something to prove after the first couple weeks of the year.
1: Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I mean, like I said on Mondays, uh, Monday after, uh, guys are gonna have bad days, man. You're gonna have days when when uh, you get all green lights on the way to work, and you're gonna have days where you hit every red light on the way to work. That's the way it goes sometimes. I had chimney Chackle on my uh, podcast this week, and he talked about that. You know. He, uh, it looked like Denzel might have. Denzel Burke might have been pressing a little bit after a couple things went against him. Uh, one of those pass interference calls was very, very close. Let's just leave it at that. You know, I don't want to get into debates about that because nothing you can do about it once it's called. But uh, like Chimney uh, Check was said, that's when you need to step back as a player. This is a guy that was an All-American at Ohio State and played in the NFL. That's when you step back and get back to your basics. You know, and uh, just play the next play. And I thought Denzel kind of you know, for want of another term, pushed it a little bit uh, when things didn't quite go his way on Saturday. He's still an elite performer, in my opinion. He's going to be, by the end of the year, considered one of the elite uh, cornerbacks in the country. Uh, The guy they're really missing, and you touched on him a second ago, is Jordan Hancock, and it it just goes to show you, see, all hamstring injuries are not the same. They're not the same in severity. Some can be really bad. You got the idea that Jordan Hancock was going to be out for a while, soon after it happened, back in camp with Jackson Smith and Jigba can just be just a twinge, but you still want to let those things heal more than less mm-hmm. and, and when you start pushing these guys back in. So, but you got to see J.K. Johnson play a pretty good bit the other day. At corner, I thought he acquitted himself quite well. And, uh, you know, but they're, you're always looking to build depth, always looking to build depth. And that's what they, they got a little bit of that out of
0: uh, Saturday's game uh, against Arkansas State. One of the things that I've kind of noticed is, I guess you could say the word is lucky, how lucky Jackson Smith and Jigba got to tweak it as little as he did. Because now you see with a Jordan Hancock hamstring injury, it can keep you out for weeks. And if Jackson Smith and Jigba turns out to only miss really one week, uh, you know, obviously missed most of the Notre Dame game. So I guess you could say two weeks, but really a week and a half because it seems like he's back out at practice. To only miss one and a half weeks of of time in the season with a hamstring issue is about as lucky as you can get with a hamstring issue. And so, you know, Ohio State, I guess, should be thanking its lucky stars that that Jackson Smith and Jigba's injury wasn't more severe than it was uh, and isn't. Knock on wood for him. Uh, A couple other things that I I learned from Ryan Day today, uh, Emeka Ibuka, in the absence of Jackson Smith and Jigba as we transition here, he has been a revelation for this offense. He's been everything the offense needed. And uh, you're going to see more of him, whether Jackson Smith and Jig Ben Julian Fleming are on the field or not, because he's simply too good to not get the ball, Tim.
1: He was always going to play a lot. I don't know why anybody had a debate about that. You and I were talking about him all camp. We're talking about him after the Rose Bowl. Uh, he is quite accountable when it comes to playing his position. And uh, he's a hell of a player, man. Just watch his touchdown catch uh, right up the gut there when uh, C.J. Stroud, I'm going to, write about that, just kind of analyze a little bit, but just show you, you can develop chemistry with anybody if you work out enough. Obviously, CJ Stroud is always looking for somebody to throw the ball to, you know, (laughs) all during the summer, all during the off season and stuff, but you let a kind of a biggish wide receiver go over the middle on a drag route, and then he has the option, if they don't jump it, to keep going, he's following the tight end out to the edge, either he's going to be open or the tight end's going to be open on that play, but then he was able to sort of bump into one guy Miss another guy trying to collide with him because that was their only chance of stopping that play. And it cuts up the middle, has a werewolf up the middle, and C.J. Stroud's sitting there just kind of, in his own mind, those three seconds, or two and a half seconds, probably felt like they took about 10, meaning as calm as he was. Uh, everything just slows down for C.J. Stroud these days, and boom, he just puts the ball right on his hands. Touchdown. Uh, but yeah, Emeka Agbuka had that uh, punt return taken off the board. That's too bad, punt return for a touchdown. Uh, but he's showing his, his, his ability to be electric
0: uh, in several ways for this football team, and I totally expected it. So now we're gonna switch gears again, Tim, to another guy that got brought up twice today, um, was, was of course asked about, Caden uh, Curry was asked about by a few different people in the building asking questions, reporters. Uh, this is a guy that, you know, we talked about a letterman Monroe for the last year, was an underrated recruit as a four-star out of Indiana. Um, is now already showing as a true freshman that he deserves to be you know creeping into I'm not going to say he deserves to be in the mix already but after one game on the field it was apparent that he was better than most of the other players on the field when he was out there and uh, he deserves a look to maybe get into the mix he's creeping into that mix along the defensive line I'm not going to be surprised to see him rotated in a little bit more Tim, earlier in the game just to see what he can provide for this defense um, because I've been a critic of the second team defensive line through two games, and uh, yeah, he he gives this this defense a little bit that, that it might need uh, in that second unit. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I'm holding my hand. I'm not interrupting you at all today. Do you notice that so far?
0: I never notice when you interrupt him. It's you know, more dialogue to me, but the people don't seem to like it. So you know, we'll just go with. Well, whatever there's a they few say. people
1: that don't like it, but I you know I understand I understand them. I'm sure they have these conversations with their friends where they make their point, and then the other guy. Waits until he calmly, until your point is made and he makes his point. I understand that. Uh, but I understand how it can also be off-putting. So I'm going with that. On to my, Caden Curry. My wife hates that on a talk show when, when people start talking over each other. So I'll leave it at that. And obviously you tell know what she thinks of me. But, uh, but Caden Curry is what I would do with Caden Curry. I mean, this is just me, Tim May. I think he is a talent, big time talent, who's ready for the moment. Does he start? No. Uh, Does he play half the plays? No. But I'm sprinkling him in much earlier than later. Yes. You sprinkle him in for a play or two, don't let the defense get a hold of the fact, hey, this guy's a freshman, so they can adjust anything and just let him go off. Uh, Yes, we're seeing a star in the making.
0: And uh, I totally concur with your thoughts on Caden Curry. And so does Ryan Day. Ryan Day talked about him getting a little bit more in the mix. Jim Knowles said he caught his eye right when he arrived at Ohio State, a guy who, you know, comes in as a, like I said, underrated recruit who shows up in in January with the black stripe still on and quickly had that sucker removed right off of his helmet because he was impressing uh, in spring practice, one of the two guys, one of the true, true freshmen to get that stripe off in the spring, which Tim, you've been around for a while. I've been around now for for four springs. That's not an easy thing to do to get that thing taken off in the spring. And so for Caden Curry to do that, and now then it translates into fall camp. And then now it's translating onto the field against Arkansas State granted against the second team, but like you said, if there's not as big of a drop-off between that second unit on the defensive line and what Caden Curry did against Arkansas State, there's no reason why he can't get a little bit of run there with the second team defensive line, um, sprinkle him in, as you said, I like that that terminology there, uh, to play a little bit uh, in, in e- earlier moments against Toledo, and then maybe that translates into earlier moments against Wisconsin
1: you see the gleam in Jim Knowles' eye, too, when you brought up Caden Curry, when Caden Curry was brought up to him? He understands he's got a talent there. I mean, that's what – we talked about it all through the spring. We talked about it in preseason. That's what separates Ohio State from Oklahoma State. I mean, Ohio State's got a couple of three young guys that are ready. Probably a lot of other defenses, they would be playing almost immediately. You can bring them along. You can make sure they're ready for prime time. And he better be ready for prime time with the high state Buckeyes because three of the first four games are not going to be in prime time. But the <laughs> bottom line is you can put him in there. And, I mean, you know, I, I I know I get in arguments with coaches all the time about this, but you can put him in there with a spe- specific mission, uh, a special forces kind of guy, and then bring him right back out. But just, you know, get his feet wet when the game is really on the line. How does he react? Does he make a play? Does he cause the havoc you think he can? Because let me tell you something, uh, if they get some havoc causing from their from their edge guys, like Mike Hall is creating right now on the inside of that defense, to a certain extent Teron Vincent uh, and some other guys, Ty Hamilton had a good game on Saturday, for yep. example, guy we haven't talked much about from Pickerington. But the bottom line is if they get some, uh, some uh, more consistent havoc caused from the outside, they've really got something going on.
0: Well, and I think you're seeing that from one side of the defensive line right now. JT and Maloha has been in the backfield as often as you could possibly be there. Um, he's not getting to – go ahead. Oh, no, I don't want to re- re- interrupt you. He's but, not getting to the quarterback. Yeah. But, but he is – he's interrupting just about anything james blackman wanted to do on saturday in that arkansas state backfield and he was creating problems for tyler buckner in the notre dame game whether he was making sacks or not those stats aren't showing up yet but it's only a matter of time until you make a quarterback hold the ball for a half a second longer and doing the laws back there but if you're not getting pressure from that other side whether that's jack sawyer whether that's uh uh zach harrison javante jean baptiste uh tyler friday there's no reason caden curry can't maybe apply some of that pressure from the other side, especially with Mike Call doing my call things right
1: now. That end spot that JT2 and Moloow Molo plays is more like a glorified tackle, really. And he's doing his job. He yeah. is shoving his guy like seems like every other play right into the quarterback's lap in some form or fashion. He's altering the play in his own ways. I'm just talking about a guy just coming unfettered off the edge and just making something happen. You know what I mean? He rarely ever gets that opportunity unless he just purely beats his guy. But you know that fourth and one, you heard me ask uh, Jim Knowles about a couple of defensive plays, but that fourth and one where Mike Hall beat, Beat the guard across his face because fourth and one, you know, don't know what they're running. And his initial responsibility on in that play was to cover the B gap. And he went, he beat the uh, guard right across the right guard right across his face. Saw there wasn't a run and just turned. He used the the, the guard almost like a turnstile or a revolving door and turned and right, bam, sack. Yep. That was that was probably Arkansas State's last real chance to make that a game, a true game. And Mike Hall took 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 care of it with one great play followed up by finishing with a sack and that's you know that's kind of what I'm talking about from the edge guys you got to have somebody really come on now you know to show
0: that they can get to the quarterback and finish the play. It seems like they're going to get quite a few more one-on-ones now that people are just going to have to simply keep somebody in inside to, to make sure my call and Ron Vincent aren't aren't taking aren't uh you know wreaking havoc go ahead. That's the idea. There you go. Now so you got something. It's interesting Tim because we, this is the second this is the third week now third press conference second time we've gotten to break down a game since we didn't see one before Notre Dame and uh we just keep bringing up the same guys it's kind of weird actually CJ Stroud and Mecca Ibuka uh you know JT Tuimo and and Mike Hall and I don't mean to keep beating this you know proverbial dead horse but at the same time uh we've only got a two game sample size we're about to get a third on Saturday in the horseshoe at 7 p.m on Fox if you can't make it there uh Ohio State and Toledo Ohio State and Toledo, we'll have full coverage of that at LettermanRoad.com. We'll have full coverage of all the buildup the next few days as, as we get closer to that. Full uh, videos every day on the YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe there. Come check us out at the Letterman Lounge, the message board. We'll answer questions at, at all times there. We'll have plenty of content. Go ahead, Tim.
1: Yeah, they want to interrupt you because you're near the end, right? Yes. The other thing there. that Ohio State got out of Saturday is like C.J. Stroud said, when he he's, like, he's a lot like me, man. He leaves here and goes home and watches football. I mean, good for him, right? Uh, dude that competitive stamina thing is more real than you think. You, you you let down your guard. There are a lot of teams in college football now that can beat you if you don't show up with your game. I think Toledo is a nice football team. Uh, do I on an equal footing? Do I put them on an equal footing with Ohio State just on personnel, et cetera? No, but they uh, they can play the game and if they're playing their game to their utmost ability and Ohio State isn't, you could have a situation, and C.J. Stroud basically made that point in the press conference. Is he thinks everybody has got that, has got that message, but you don't really know yep. until Saturday about uh, 8.45 into that game whether you've shown up uh, with your game face on, and uh, that was as valuable to this football team as anything else that happened on Saturday with them against Arkansas State. Was seeing three other teams from that same league, Arkansas State's from, pull major upsets around the country, all on the road, of course, because that's where those teams play,
0: those power five teams. And that is huge going into this week. So you already heard my spiel about where you can find our content, but I'll do it again, lettermonroe.com. One dollar for an entire year for Tim and I's content right now. Uh, That's a steal, uh, along with Matt Parker's recruiting coverage, which has been great the last few weeks. Uh, then you can also subscribe on the YouTube channel. We're always making videos around there. Uh, in the build-up to Saturday night at 7 p.m. in the Horseshoe, Ohio State and Toledo. If you can't make it down there, we're, it's going to be on Fox. Uh, Tim and I will be there, and we'll have full coverage of that at LettermanRow.com. Make sure you stick with us. For Tim May, I'm Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center on Wednesday night.